on this episode of Quantum Week, September 11th through 17th, 2016. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music and headlines and our stories. And we are in September 2016 talking about Sully and Closer. By the Chainsmokers. By the Chainsmokers. Yes. Up top, uh, we should thank our awesome patrons, uh, Matt L., Mike M., John R., Christopher W., thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast. It really helps us out. And um, also, we should talk about uh, our t-shirts. Yeah, we have t-shirts. We've talked about it a little bit on the show, um, but we do have t-shirts. You can go to our website, quantum-week.com. Yep. It's like a hyphen between quantum and week. Yeah. Was quantum week taken? Is that why? Yes. Yeah. Or I would have gotten Quantum Week. Right. I mean, I could have gotten like quantumweek.net or org or whatever. But it doesn't even matter. Who even, it, people just search Quantum Week now and then we would pop up. You're probably much. right, right? So yeah, it yeah. does now. Yeah. Or just go to our Twitter, you, you know, hit our link tree, you'll get to it. Yeah, but you can, anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, it's always, yeah, the whole world's changed, right, with the internet? I sound like an old man here, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 20 years remember ago. Remember, it used to be oh, like yeah. www. But you're right, everyone just kind of goes to Google and that's how we do it now. Yep. All right, that's or how Or linked from social, yeah. Or some social media. So yeah. Matt calls it social. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get t-shirts. Uh, we have it's our. It, it, they're from the, we have our logo on the front, and in the back it says that that movie. This movie's trash. Um, and then uh, it has the I thing I like is you can pick whatever color you want. Yeah, it's like twenty different color yeah. options. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, you can wear your Quantum Week shirt around your house because no one goes out anymore. So and sources say the um, the actual material is really nice. I have sources course, say sources say not what, just us what's, other sources besides just you and me people who have bought the shirt. Yeah. Which is, yes. Have just said, sources. Whatever. Like it's, we did some investigative reporting on this and found out say. we found out uh, Jesus <laughs> turned Christ. over some rocks found out that uh, people like the shirts. They say that the that it's really soft material and I agree. I, uh, you know, I've got a couple couple shirts and they feel yeah, pretty they're good. good on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a show. I think because Matt's already sources and socials and it's just going to be, it's, gonna it's be not going to be a show because it's of me. Be it's because of how fucking groggy your ass is. You come in, you're still wiping the fucking sleep out of your eyes. Fucking tired, man. Like, oh. I know it's Wait, early. You do sound like an old, it's, it's AM man. It's, I told you my theory at AM. So here's how it works. So like, I don't like, I only do anything before noon. Like anything in the AM is not, not good. Can PM we just call it PM? Time. Let's just call it PM. No, that's stupid. That's not how it is. It's well, like, it's arbitrary. You're talking like morning AM PM is I'm fucking arbitrary. I'm fucking tired in the mornings and I wake up in the afternoons. I know, but what you're saying it's is arbitrary. arbitrary. But what you're saying, what you're saying is it's arbitrary. It would be like a no. random day. It's not. It's like get fucking tired in the morning. What you're saying though, tired. as soon as the clock goes from AM to PM, you wake up and you're all sprightly and shit, which I think is a, that's like fucking arbitrary. No, it's my fault. We tape in the morning. We tape on Sundays mornings because I like to watch football. Uh, so, you know, it's not Matt's fault. We tape in the morning. It's my no, fault. no, no. Yeah. So, uh, it's my fault and, uh, we're going to, we're going to get through this, but I, I it's my <laughs> fault. I do a show with Matt. So I guess that's my fault. It's Sources all your fault. Say, Sources say, who have you pulled? Huh? I, I, just, I would never use. Okay. Uh, ready to talk to Sully? Yeah. Okay. Um, I love this movie. Love it. Yeah, I do. It's, it's pretty good. It's good. It's good. I like it a lot. I'll give this movie in, um, probably an A minus. I'm I love this movie. I'm going to go to the B plus. Uh, why do you love it? I, it's a strong thing about a movie. that's not really beloved. Yeah, I know. Um, I know it's not. First of all, I think Tom Hanks is awesome. He's, I good. Think he's really good in this movie. I think it's a hard role to play. Um, it would be easy, easy to oversell it. And he doesn't, he doesn't you see all. the weight of what he's going through. It, like in his eyes, 
Um, he's very sober about it and he could go to, this is the perfect role for Hanks. A lesser actor would have gone too far. Number one. The second thing I really like is Clint Eastwood. Is there any better than Clint Eastwood of like telling a like pretty straight ahead story and do and not getting in the fucking way of it, not being overly dramatic about it. I don't know that there's anyone better than that. He's, he's like, the most efficient filmmaker. He's so efficient of our, of our, t- of our time. Uh, and I, like, I, I just, I have such respect for that. Um, everything was pitch perfect. The, no, okay. There was, it some, wasn't, some, it really oh, wasn't. Wait, wait. So there, there, there are things go, that are not there. Okay. The other, the other part of it is to like the score is fucking awesome. It's just, it never, it's melancholy. doesn't do it's him again. It's just his hands all, all over this thing. Um, yeah, that's why. I mean, I, I just think it's it's a it's such an unbelievable event that could be really dramatized over the top, and it just never was, and it's still so compelling. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's this movie is done very well. Yeah, you have a, a, a you shouldn't have a master craftsman at the hand here in Clint Eastwood. Do you want to get into the good or the bad? What do you, what do you want to tackle first? Um, let's go to the good first. I okay. also think Eckhart's really good. Eckhart's very good. Yeah. This is probably, this is probably his best role. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I was most famous for playing Two-Face yep. in, in Dark Knight. And he's good in that. But this is, um, he, he's, he seems a lot more comfortable here. Um, but the, the, you know, the best thing this movie has going for it, or drove, but two things are obviously Eastwood and Hanks. No, yep. so, no surprise. There. Of course. Uh, you mentioned on her earlier show, I believe we was you said that Eastwood had the greatest career ever. Did you say that? I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you look at the totality, totality, right. Of him being an actor and director and all that stuff. Yes. No so one's got, no I, one. No I one thought can. about that because that's a big statement and you're famous for big statements and then having to be crazy, but you know what? Who's better? I think you're right. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's a really good call. So, so I've been doing this um actor hall of fame. Yeah. Okay. So he's definitely going to be on that, obviously. Oh, somewhere, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Actually, but when do you do it? Like you can do it in this in like the 80s, I guess. I guess probably the 80s. Yeah. I'd probably take him a while to get in. I would think um for for just because he remember he's not nominated for an Oscar until Unforgiven, so right. he's not nominated until the night. So I might even be that Unforgiven years when you're Popman. Yeah. So I also, I'm going to do, I think after I do actor and actress, I'm going to do a director hall of fame, but oh, the good. director hall of fame is only every five years. So every five years, one person gets in. Okay. I, Eastwood gets in that too. I yeah. imagine. Yeah. Right. I think yeah, so he has to see so who else would be on there twice. Who else has had just the enormity or just a length of, of, of doing quality work. So, you know, you yes. start with, you know, the spaghetti Westerns in the sixties and he's still directing movies. He has movies coming out next year. Like, yes, he still has he's ninety fucking years he's old. 90, yeah, it's insane. Like he still has stuff. And don't get me wrong, they don't all hit. And I kind of wanted to walk through a little bit Eastwood here. Yeah, some um, of them. Yeah. So I know we talked a little bit in the Unforgiven episode. The Unforgiven episode. There's so much more to that movie than this one. This one. Yeah, this yeah. one. Uh, this one. I mean, is it's just so straight ahead. It's almost a documentary. And in some ways it is, it's also like wildly like trimmed down, which is fine. Yeah. And I actually give Eastwood credit for that. Once again, it's a professional that knows you don't need to do too much. Yes. This is just enough. Just tell this, this story. We don't need to make Sully a fucking, you know, some sort of, he- like he's a hero. Just he- he's a hero doing his job. Doing so just show one, him doing his job. That one thing. That's true. We too. don't need to see, we have a little backstory with it, but you don't need to see too much of Sully, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever. I'm not, whatever his maybe issues were in his life. If yeah. he ever had any, we don't need to tackle those. Just tell this story. And Eastwood's comfortable to do what other directors wouldn't be. That's true. Yeah. They would either lionize him or give us too much where there are little nuggets that we know. Like there's a little bit of trouble at home financially, a little bit of that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that in the worst. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But then there's also you like the Eckhart their relationship there, too yes. is really nice. Like you see that they don't know each other at all, but but they work well together. Obviously, they're very well trained, and then they they, they just build a friendship. They build a little friendship because Which of this it, thing. It really helps Eastwood. So Eastwood, you could tell Eastwood and Hanks. I'm guessing we just want to tell one thing. We want to tell the story of this miracle in the Hudson. Yeah, that's what we want to tell. Nothing else really matters. Yeah, we just want to tell this. So the fact that Eastwood and Eckhart didn't know each other before. Makes it easier to tell, because it lives inside this story. It does. And you literally see this friendship and trust between them and respect built. Yeah. And because at one point, the respect is very one-sided. It's Eckhart respects Sully. Sure. And then as it goes on, you see Sully and Hanks plays it really well. uh, Slowly start to really respect Eckhart. And it's a really, that, um relationship is is great and we'll get into the, the laura lenny stuff later which is the opposite um so let's talk about i want to talk about this eastwood's kind of yeah, last sure. 20 years sure there's so much to talk about eastwood and, and hopefully we keep running into his movies and because yeah. he's just yeah i think he might be right i think he might be he might have the greatest you know because then you're talking who like de niro stewart those guys really didn't direct no i i mean who who else has this kind of i can't career that spans so long, it's and it's always like quality work. And throw in the fact that he can score. I mean, he's I mean, just, De Niro is great as an actor. De Niro is a much better actor than Eastwood ever has been. A much better. Not even, not even <sighs> I don't know about much better, but he's better. Much better. I'll say that. <sighs> but De Niro has had this horrible stretch the last, you know, especially the first fifteen years of the of this century. Uh, right. Exactly. Eastwood never had a, a cold streak <laughs> no. that long. No. And now Eastwood has the ability to go back and direct. I understand De Niro. Not everyone's built to do both things, and that's fine. But if you're saying greatest career, I got to put both in. Yeah. And, you know, you could say maybe Spielberg. But Spielberg has had kind of, he's had some cold stretches too. And then also, he can't act. He can't act. That, he'll that, produce, he'll direct, but he can't, he's not acting. Eastwood has to get bonus points for that. He absolutely does. Um. So let's talk about his, his nominations here. Because we said he didn't get nominated. He's won four Oscars. Yeah. Okay. But two of them are for directing. And two of them for producing. He's right. never won an actor. He got nominated three times for Unforgiven, like we mentioned on this show. Yep. When we covered that. He won for picture and, and producer and then lost as, a, as an actor. Yeah. Um, he was nominated for uh, Mystic River in, uh, in 2003. Right. Uh, both, picture and nom- both picture and director lost. Uh, then in Million Dollar Baby, he has the same kind of thing as uh, Unforgiven. Yep. Same exact thing. Yep. Director wins, producer wins, actor loses. That's a shame. Like he... That's a shame. That's 2005 and 2007. So like, think about this. Like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. He, he has uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. He's nominated for Best Picture and nominated you know, for Producer, nominated for Director. I have not seen that film. I have not seen that one. I saw Flags of Our Fathers, which is not, not particularly yeah. good. Yeah, me too. Um, but Letters from Iwo Jima was, was the better one. And, and that, was, that had no chance of really doing much in the Oscars. I remember when that Oscar uh, year. That was kind of like the last guy to the dance. Yeah. But um, hey, I mean, it's still a nomination. It's, sure. It still was a critically acclaimed film. And then in 2015, he gets nominated as a producer, not a director for American Sniper. That's true, right? Um, so, you know, a few direct, a few uh, nominations there. Obviously, much more cred, though, as a director. But no Gran Torino in there? You no. never got nominated for Gran Torino? That's such a fucking awesome well, movie. Which is a really good movie. He's really good oh, in that, He's so too. good in that. That, that is a, That's a tough character to play really tough to play there's some political that is considered by many people to be more of a conservative film yeah and that got some blowback then it gets even more kind of blowback now i don't know if that's a i'd, I'd kind of like to run into that one yeah me too. show i hope we do so here i just want to go through from this century only yeah okay so i'm just gonna run through a couple of his movies here we'll do it in like maybe five year increments here so let's do the first five years of century he directs and this is just his directing i'm sorry no acting here yeah uh he space cowboys yep blood work 
and Mystic River. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> so that's, I mean, the last, you can see though, Mystic Jesus River, Million Christ. Dollar Baby, he kind of kicks it into a different gear. He does. Um, and he kind of becomes this critical darling again. I mean, Space, Space Cowboys is, you know. It's not bad. No, it's, it's. But it's a fun movie. It's not, uh, it's not like Million Dollar Baby. And Blood Baby. Worked, I don't, you know, that never quite. I saw, I can't clicked. remember it though. So long ago. So the next five years, you have Flags of Our Fathers, Letters to Me with Jima, which both came out the same year. So it's kind mm. of a cool spin on it. And I wish I had seen Letters uh, of Me. I, hopefully we, we can, we can yeah, say it one get there. Yeah. 2008, he does Changeling, which does not work. I did not no, like that. No, that's a tough one. And then uh, Gran Torino, which I think is quite good. <laughs> it's very good. And then uh, in 2009, he does Invictus, which I have not seen. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. 2010, we have, uh, so there's next junk, uh, next chunk, not junk. Uh, hereafter, maybe I said junk because the next movie is I've not seen hereafter. That's the disaster film. It's not good. Okay. Then he does J Edgar, which is not good. I haven't seen it. Then he does trouble with the curve, which is awful. That That's movie a bad is film. Wild. That bad. is a bad film. And trouble with the curve. The reason I kind of want to bring that movie up. Uh, it, it has some, uh, some symbols, not symbols. It has some connection to Sully. Uh, both movies are very against technology and like simulations or for the trouble with the curve. It was like stats. Yep. He Eastwood in his films really likes to tell stories about like kind of like going with your gut or oh well that makes using sense. like ex, like ex, he's very against like statistical analysis he's very against um, anything to do with uh, like technology sure with, uh, you know technology basically telling you what you're supposed to think he has a real issue with or using stats when you could just use your eyes he's right. big on using your eyes and your gut to get by. Which is how he directs. He's famous for directing like basically one or two takes and then moving on. Like, you know, it's the, the kind of the old joke with doing Eastwood movies is you know you're going to always have time for lunch because yeah, you'll yeah, get yeah, right, you know, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And you have, you, you, like, where a lot of movies, they drag. If you've ever been on a movie set, it drags for a very, very, very long time between, because they'll have like, Christ, Kubrick would have hundreds of takes. Sure. Uh, but usually it's somewhere in the middle. But, you know, it's, it might run long lights. But Eastwood's like, oh, let's just go. Let's yeah. just roll with it. And he's lucky be- that uh, that good actors want to work with him. I mean, because that, that sort of allows that to happen and work a lot of times. Right. Because you see the difference when they did, he did, um, whatever, Midnight to Paris, or 12, whatever the train one was to the Paris. 15, 17 to Paris, yes. He, uh, so he had the actual individuals right. who were in that disaster <laughs> um, play the parts in the movie, and they're, you know, they don't, that's the problem that it doesn't work. It doesn't right. work. It's not good because they're not good. What was the worst disaster, do you think? <laughs> the film was the worst. Of course. Um, so Trouble the Curve is, is off. It, is, it, is, it might be the, the worst sports movie I've ever seen. Mm. Um, 2014 is Jersey Boys and American Sniper. Yep. I have a confession. I've never seen American Sniper. Oh, it's good. Uh, I just kind of been saving it in my saving uh, file, uh, which people, the more I say these movies, people like to make fun of me for it, which <laughs> right. is fine. I, I, I deserve that. So then the last uh, few years, we have uh, Sully, this movie, obviously, which we both enjoy. Yep. You, you apparently love. Yeah, it's great. Uh, 1517 Paris, which doesn't uh, work. I've never seen, but it got horrible movies. The Mule, which I have seen. Mule is very good. It's okay. I, I think I did, it's very good. I didn't good. love it. Didn't love it? No. I think it's very good. D- d- thought some of it was, was ridiculous. I thought he was good in it. He is good. Yeah. Uh, Richard Jewell, which I haven't seen. That haven't came out seen? last year. Uh, and then he has a movie coming out next year, Cry Macho, which I don't know much about. Don't know much about it either. Um, so his, I will say... There's some up and down there. There is, and you, the last 10 years, he does kind of lose, lose it a little bit. Just based, I mean, he's not getting nominated for awards anymore. These movies don't have the same cultural impact as the first 10 years of this, of this century I think, did. I think this is a miss by the awards people. Sully is. I do. And I looked at what else was going on. 
You had La La Land, Arrival, which is, Arrival's quite good. Have not seen um, La La Land. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is pretty good, but I don't think it's the same caliber as Sully. Okay. Hacksaw Ridge is pretty good. La La Land is, uh, is, is not good. And it, have, it's fine. It, it's just not great. And that's what won. Um, and then Manchester by the Sea nominated. No, La La Land didn't win. Yeah, it didn't win. And Moon and La La Land won, won for, sorry, for, I'm saying for directing. Okay. Yeah. Famously, Moonlight won because they well, read La La Land and then they had to then. Yeah, I'm talking about directing, but then we'll go right. into the movies either. Right. But, Next. But, but are you aware of what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But I was in the middle of a sentence. So, okay. <laughs> God forbid. Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Finish the sentence. No, no. Tell your story. No, it's not a story. It's a <laughs> fucking famous, the most famous thing happened in movies the last 10 years. It's, not, not, it's the most famous award and it's happened. Tell again. I, it's nothing to tell. I, I don't need, I think people know. Okay. Good. People are aware. Um, but then, so I, but, but I think he stacks up against at least Hacksaw and La La Land. Probably. I haven't seen La La Land. I think Sully is, is is better than Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, and it stacks up against Arrival's really I'm good. I'm really surprised Hacksaw Ridge because that has a Mel Gibson element to exactly. it. Exactly. Like the idea that the award voters would pick that over Sully is, is, is Seems shocking. shocking. And then picture is Moonlight, Arrival, Fences haven't seen, Hacksaw Ridge, um, Hell or High Water, which we cover this week. Yep. Um, Hidden, Hidden Figures haven't seen, La La Land, Lion, Lion, which is quite good. I haven't seen Lion. Lion is quite good. Um, and Manchester by the Sea. But still, I think it fits in. I think it fits here. Manchester by the Sea is the best movie of that group. I'll, I'll attest that. Wait, Every, what is what Manchester, Manchester by the Sea? by far. Yeah. It's, it's the best movie. Of I that, haven't seen of that it, group. but I believe you. Yeah, um, yeah La La Land. Um, I think it's a miss by the, by, by the Oscars. I think it could have gotten nominated, especially with 10 pictures. You know, we're now we're in this. Yeah. We're in this, you know, after Dark Knight. Famously, the Oscars expanded from five to 10 pictures. So as many as 10 could be nominated. So when you figure that in, should Sully have snuck in? Yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, it's not, I mean, this isn't a great, I know you, you seem, maybe you think, I do it's, think it's, well, you're it going to give it a great. B plus. B plus is pretty close. It's, I would say it's, it's quite good. Uh, you know, it's definitely, gonna, obviously definitely going to get a thumbs up for me. It's definitely yeah, a strong yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. I like the fly more than this. Like if we're starting, like, well, yeah, different thing. Yeah, but, but that's, that's different that's, thing. But that's in this, where I put this in that same, like, um, I can br- see that. Like that same grouping. Yeah. It's in that tier for well, me. This won't hit my top five but this is a probably top 10 i mean i think oh, no. i think this is one of eastwood's best films i mean this is probably this is his top tier one of his top tier films wow really i think so i mean it just takes you have to be so pro to not get in the fucking way i i just think most other directors would have fucked this up would have gone way too dramatic and he didn't it's just didn't. methodical and and i love like it was hard for me i was just connected to sully the entire time I am enthralled by this man's this, this man's experience, and I, I mean, a lot of that's Hanks, but then a lot of that's Eastwood. So there is a problem. Okay, we can talk about ridiculous, the, yeah. like just the, the Laura Liddy stuff. I, has has a real life wife ever been portrayed worse that she's still married to the guy? If I was if I was Mrs. Sullenberger, I would be like be like, what the fuck? Why do you hate me? I know. There, <laughs> I know. She is awful. She is so, what a horrible wife. Like, why aren't you in New York with your husband? He's going to the most. Uh, he just yeah. fucking crashed a plane. In that's the water. one. That's one thing. He's now on trial, and obviously, there's we can get some of the factuals. Supposedly, a lot of stuff never happened. Yeah. And TSB it is a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever, but, uh, but okay. So let's in the frame just of this movie, she's at home. I know they have two kids, but Jesus Christ. I mean, but it's not like they're toddlers either. They're old enough and you can't get your mom or someone to, to like, look after them. I know I turned to Barbara. I was like, if you ever crashed a fucking plane on the Hudson, you better fucking believe I would be in New York immediately. Everybody would be, I would think yeah. I, it's crazy that like 
He's alone in this hotel room. They, he, they never, like, she even says, like, I love you. He doesn't re- replay it back. There's another movie thing that really irks me. Uh, I've been meeting about this for a while now. Yeah, yeah. No one ever says goodbye on phones. I thought that that's what the new kids did. Like, they didn't, no one says goodbye when so they hang up anymore. I he's a new kid. No, he's not. Uh, he's not. I no, say, yeah, I would no say goodbye. No one ever says goodbye. They just, like, they kind of, like, this, I guess the, uh, the expository stuff they're saying ends, and they just hang up the phone. It's so bizarre to me. It's not... No human being does that. It would be the strange, especially on your, like, it's like hanging up on your wife. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, you always say goodbye. I do. Everyone does. Like, it would be insane to like hang I up know, on your wife know, like know, that. And like, they, 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 they seem like they hate each other. She's obsessed with money. It's a weird but thing. Why do we even have this in the movie? Like, why do you play this? Cause you, you keep waiting for it to pay off. I know. And it, it does it sort of does in the end in the credits when you see her talking, you know, but then she seems like a nice person. She does seem like a nice person. I wonder if this is what actually happened though, where, where she didn't end up going to, I'm sure she didn't, but why do you frame it? Like I'm, she's kind of the bat. Like if there is such a quote unquote, like I guess the bad guy, this is Mike O'Malley. Who's on the N- NTSB, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like she, like she's portrayed as someone who's making his life more <sighs> difficult. It didn't, it didn't haunt me as much as it, haunted you and others who I'd read reviews uh, talk about. It is wildly bad. It I is sort insane. of, tr- I tried to put myself in her shoes and I'm like, okay, now you're feeling like there's a, there's sort of these, uh, there's these home stressors that are happening. And now this extra thing is happening too. And you're surrounded by media and you know, you're worried about your kids and all sorts of stuff. I can see that there's some complex emotions going on. So I didn't, I didn't bury her or I didn't bury this ca- character <laughs> as, as much as you are. There's one point. So, he, okay, just in case you don't know what happened, he <laughs> crashed a plane in the fucking Hudson River. <laughs> he did. Wait, she, he she, landed in the river. Yes. Okay. She says to him two days later, we just need you up in the air again, Sully. I know that was, <laughs> that was, that, okay, that's the roughest. <laughs> that's the roughest. Shit. Yeah. Fuck Ooh, you. I know. Ooh. I no, think it, no compassion about any sort of like post-traumatic stress he's having. I know. No compassion about just the fact that maybe he wants a different career now. Maybe this was fucking jarring. I mean, wouldn't you? And terrifying. Yeah. Like, you know, none of that. It's just like, you know, we got, we got, we got to pay for this like other apartment building yeah. we own in Sell some it. other state. And then like her reasoning is if we lose that apartment building, we lose, we lose our, house, we lose our house. That's not how fucking things That's work. That's not how the debt would you be kind of gone. Crazy and, lady. Yeah. Like you are the worst person. She's Awful. Sully's wife is horrendous. <laughs> she's, she's and I good. feel bad if that's not who she really is. Maybe it is who she is. Maybe that's what was going on. Maybe she, maybe they wanted to portray the home. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But if I were her watching this film, I'd be like, oh, Sully. Did you watch oh. the Oscars when La La Land won? I don't watch the Oscars. No, you don't watch it, do you? No, I don't, I, I, of course. Didn't, I don't watch any of this shit. Yeah. Could you, you, do you know why that's a big deal? Do you know what Tell happened? me why it's a big deal. No, 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 no. Do you know why that's a big deal? By the La La and Moon. Tell me. I don't know. I don't remember. You don't know what happened there. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> to refresh, refresh my memory. La La Land was announced as the winner. Yeah. And they didn't win. Yeah. It's a pretty huge. Is there, is there, oh, ma- I do remember. Yes, I do remember this. I do remember this. And there was this. How did how did the Oscars fuck this up? I don't. I just don't care about this. I don't care about this stuff. You just spent five minutes reading about the Oscars. <sighs> I mean, I don't care about the Oscars fucking up and reading the wrong wild. name. It, it, it was it was hysterical. It was funny. It was crazy. Jimmy Kimmel's there. He's like he was he did a pretty good job vamping. It's like so when you bring up Wild Land and Moonlight, you have to bring that up. It's like almost like it's a it's like bringing up Lincoln in 1865 and not saying he got shot. I think it's a little different. It's really not. It's actually even more telling because Lincoln did more in 1865. <laughs> These movies are literally only known for that. Like yes. It's the most famous thing that happened in the last 10 years in film. Oh, film award, I guess. Okay, but, all right. But I mean, 
to some extent, like the most famous thing that happened in the movies the last like 10 years. I see this matters a lot to you and that's great. It matters to the world. <laughs> to the world. Please, uh, please, social media, socials, if you will, help me, please. Uh, Tell Matt this is a big deal, please. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm more into the movies than the than the awards show. I know, but, but it's like a it's a cultural. Th- it's like it's it's a major. It was a major thing that happened. It, it, like it was. It's, I remember. It's yes. constantly referenced. I remember. It's, I totally remember. Very, I remember that people got all all about it. But I, I'm just. I mean, but it was eh. funny. It was like it was hysterical. It was, it was really funny. It was this, funny. It and, is funny. Now you explain it. I'm I'm, I'm starting to get hysterical. <laughs> <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's interesting the things that are important to you, but uh, it's, well, not, it's not like it's a Chris thing. This is like a major cultural thing. This major cultural thing. It's not like I wasn't aware of it. I just don't it's, care. It's not like you weren't. No, I, I remember now. Yeah. I totally remember. Yeah. It's funny that is this funny that major things happen to like, but that, I'm aware of it, but I just don't care. Like these aren't the important it's things not, in my life. I'm not caring. It's just about, but you didn't sound like you were very aware of it when you were reading the movie. If you, if you go play back the audio tape, if you will, it didn't sound like you didn't know the story. Well, I forgot, but now I remember. Right. But that's crazy. You forgot. Well, I, I retain things that matter. So, <laughs> so this has cultural significance. That's fine. Yay. Not, like whatever. These are, these are pretentious rich people giving awards to other but pretentious it, so rich people. It's funny. Then they got fucked like that. Then that is funny. Like either way, it's a win. It, it is a win. Like you <laughs> saw this producer. Literally he's up there. He has the Oscar and he goes to the envelope and he said, and it, he, it reads La La Land and he's like, I don't, this isn't for me. Right. That's that's crazy. That is crazy. You're right. That's crazy. As crazy as fucking Sully landing a plane on the fucking Hudson. No, it's not. That's that's crazier. I get. I guess that's a lot crazier. But more people saw the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm just talking about like relevance in terms of you know things that matter in the world. Not we like do a movie cultural. podcast that talks about the Oscars all the time. <laughs> ah, you're the movie movie guy, I guess. You're the Oscars guy. <sighs> no, I do. No, I think it's relevant when when. Um, no, I think it's relevant. When the nominations happen, definitely. I just don't care about like I. I those things are. Are you gonna ever watch the Oscars ever? Well, I don't. Have now to that we do the show. Now are you gonna watch them? Maybe no. You don't. You just you hate them. You hate the awards. What do you I, hate about them? What curious? do I hate about? Yeah. I pretentious people giving other pretentious people well, fucking awards. I don't some give a shit. Some people aren't pretentious. I mean, some people are. Some people aren't. It's I like, don't mind seeing the nominations. I think I definitely. I, I think it's important to see what, what's in the zeitgeist. I yeah, like the yeah. Nomination announcement That's more cool. than the Oscar. Itself, you know what I mean? Because it's like more things are being honored. Are there, kind of fun. I guess, are there better? Um, it would be, it would be neat to know if there were better, like a better nomination process. Is there another guild or organization that would do nominations that that seem more, maybe not culturally re- culturally relevant, but but do a better job nominating? I think the Oscars films. do a really good job. I think maybe they, they do the best job of the four, like Grammys, know, right? Grammys yeah, fuck yeah, it up all the time. Yeah, they're not good. Uh, the Emmys, they they screw it up. Golden Globes are a mess. We've talked about that before yeah. with the star fucking. Yeah, so I guess that's it. I wonder if there are any independent organizations. Like, I don't know. Well, there's like Directors Guild, but then they're focused more on directing. Sure. You have, you know, BAFTA, but this focus more on British films. This is what we have. I just think it's kind of a, a just, you know, star fuckers. I'm not a, I'm just not a star fucker. <laughs> we spent so much of this show talking about Oscar stuff. You don't watch the Oscars. You, you forgot about the moonlight. Should that's I wa- crazy. Should I watch the Oscars? Yeah, watch it. Watch it. Oh, well, this year might be crazy. Yeah, probably. Um, probably this year might be, might be madness, but uh, you like watching them. You think they're well, fun I do. to watch? It's fine. I, I think it's fine. I like, I like all of it. Well, you know, usually you'll have like, you know, you have a little comedy up top in theory. Hopefully you have someone who's funny. That's the thing is who's, who's good. Like who's been good. Well, sometimes Gervais might be good. He, well, he only does the golden globe season and he won't do that anymore. Mm. He's quite good. Uh, but Jimmy Kimmel has some funny bits sometimes. Does he? 
Uh, he was really good during the whole moonlighting. That was really funny. You know, and but you know, so you have sometimes sometimes it bombs. Chris Rock could be funny. Yeah, he's done it a couple times. But then you have like we talked about Billy Crystal. It never yeah. that never worked for me. It was yeah. too cheesy. Um, and then uh, I do. I love I love movies. So I love talking about movies. I love I I never miss an Oscars. I used to watch the, the Grammys and the MTV Music Awards all the time. I used to watch them. Yeah, but then I got to a point where I was like. This, none of this is really important to me because I don't agree with the... The Oscars are a little bit different. that's fun too, though. You can kind of like disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You can get mad if like a shitty movie wins. Like I've gotten mad because I'm like, oh, fuck that one, really? Like that year, I've never seen Moonlight. Um, I have seen La La Land. I was like, La La Land, like one best director over like Manchester by the Sea. Like this is crazy. Maybe we should watch them together this time and then we can, Probably we not. can, talk, we can critique no, them together. No, you're not going to watch Well, this will be, be a watch along. No, no, we're not going to do a watch along. No, I, I, get, I get very, I, I, I hunker. It's like no, Super, that'd be good. Super Bowl, we'll hunker down. The Super Bowl, I don't watch with anybody. I just, me and Laura and the dogs and the same thing with like Oscars. Super important things I want to like get ultra like laser focused on and I just watch them. You just called... The Oscars, super important things. You just put that in that bucket. It that is category. for me. It's something I, super important as far as things I enjoy. I do. I really, I spend a lot of my time looking at Oscar missions, Oscar wins. I think it's a really interesting, like look back at the history of what was deemed important by that time too. That's interesting too. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, no, I, I think the, I think the Oscars as like a, a concept and the, the awards are fine, but the ceremony, I don't give a shit about. That's, that's what I mean. The actual like watching it, I don't care. They could just put the awards out with no ceremony and I'd be totally happy with There's that. There's been talk of doing exactly that. They're not going to, but there was talk. Soderbergh actually signed in as a producer. I guess he's going to have something to do with it this yeah. year, um, But um, which is interesting. That's, that is interesting. Because he can do a lot of stuff with, like, if it's going to be all remote, like he's really good at like, he's done, he shot whole movies with iPhones mm. and like he's, so he's the best at using like minimalist yeah. uh, things and he's, he's plus he's in, like this one of the smartest people in Hollywood. So I bet he's gonna have some. But they brought him on, I think, because this year could be could be really weird. Odd. Yeah. yeah. So it might be not. This might not be as much pageantry this year. You might like that. Maybe not. But I think Sully should have been nominated. I'm not gonna argue with that. I'm shocked it wasn't over Hacksaw Ridge because you think. Although you know what, man. Did uh, you see you know, you, you, okay, I have a theory. Yeah. Tell me. There was some real blowback in 2012 after Eastwood did the whole thing with the empty chair. Oh. That makes sense. He's like, oh, he called basically called Barack Obama an empty chair during the Republican National yeah, Convention. Exactly. Um, so you know, we bring up Mel Gibson and Hacksaw Ridge. Like, why was that not? Mel Gibson, you know, people really hate Mel Gibson Hollywood for a lot of you know, you know, valid reasons. Good reasons. Um, uh, but people, I forgot. People really, especially that this is only four years after blowback. that. Yeah. Um, and you know, Trump had just won, so people were really angry, and Eastwood did not support Trump. But no, but there was a lot of real anger because you figure the nominations came out in January of 17. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of waters churning. So um, I wonder if that had something to do with it. Could have been. Yeah, it's it's as good a theory as any because the, I think quality wise, it should and have been it's pretty there. crazy. Hanks didn't get more award love oh, either. That's and it wasn't thing. just the Oscars. Hanks, it was other. He didn't get nominated from many parties. This might be Hanks's fourth best performance. He's better in Captain Phillips. He's better in Castaway. Cast, I would say Castaway definitely. Road to Perdition definitely. Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. He's he's he's, he's very. It's a, good. It's a better movie. He's very good in Road to Perdition. Yeah, I, I don't put I don't put this in this tier with him. He's, so. he's good. He's good in this, but he's not. I think he's very good in this. I think it's hard to do what he did in this film. I think it's hard. Like everybody, people would have been over the top, or too. They would have been over the top, or they would have been too Woody, and he's neither. He's really good. Um, I like I like how the scene uses it kind of cuts back and forth from um, the actual 
yeah miracle on the, on the hudson two like i guess not real time but two like you know post accident or post crash right and but the scene is a great scene and he does it all with his eyes I say that a lot in the show, but it is. It if, matters. If an actor can do that, it's really impressive. Yeah. With no dialogue. And he's marching through the plane when it's empty and he's just looking for people <sighs> and he sees a coat and he thinks it's a person and he realizes it's not. And it's just like, you're kind of, I don't know about you, but I felt like I was in there with him. Absolutely. And you know, the water's, because the, the further down you go in the plane, the more it's in water. So the water's like, he, as the further he walks, the water's rising. And it's freezing rising. fucking cold water. It's 35 water's degrees. Cold, and he's just marching through these aisles looking for anybody. And people are calling him, we got to get out of here. We, we got to get, get out, out of here. here. Yeah, we got, we got, and you know he's so focused on the number 155 souls and um you know people on the plane and uh you know he's asking anyone for a count and, and you can just see like the frantic nature it's actually pretty comparable um in a lot of ways performance to captain phillips which is an amazing job the end of captain phillips might be the best acting i've ever mm. seen it's in that argument yeah um in just one scene uh but that movie that and movie the, I, I wish we'd, i would have run in that movie yeah me too have you seen that i have it's yeah. good, right? You like that better than this? Or you like this better than that? I like cutting folks quite a bit better than this. I don't know. It's been really? long enough since I've seen that one. I don't know. I don't know. This one's too fr- It's so fresh. Yeah. It's hard to tell. This hard is good. To I, I actually, so it, I saw this in the theaters. I did not, but I saw it pretty soon thereafter. Um, and I liked it more this time around. Yeah, I liked it more this time around. I, um, and, the, and then carry it after this. So he gets out of the plane and he's, you know, he, right, he's frantic about 155, and and he's just he's pacing like he doesn't know what to do about himself. He he wants he, he wants to find out, make see if everybody's alive, and then finally he's in the hospital and he's getting treated. And you know, was it Michael Malley comes in and or some <laughs> no and says, you know, we got the count 155, and you see the like, yeah. I don't think it's Michael Malley, but right, right whoever yeah. it is, it was I can't uh, yeah, remember who it I is. I forget who it was. It might have was the guy from The Wire season two. He's in this too, uh, but still, but you yeah. see Hank's like like just enough relief, I know, enough, he's, and he's almost ready to break down. Yes, like, he is, but still sto- stoic enough. I just think, dude. The other thing I wanted to say is the scene in the cockpit where it's Hank's and Eckert, and it could have been so overdone. And they're just the, they see the engines the last time around um, when they're I think it's when they're listening to it. They're listening to it. And they, and, but, but we see it, we, you know, well, yeah, the last time you see it, you see it from the, basically the pilot and the co-pilot's pi- perspective, their perspective. Right. I like how you see it in different perspectives right. throughout here, but, but that's the one and they're in there and it's quiet. The so, and just go, it's fucking quiet. They're looking around trying to figure out what's going on and they're methodical about it. You, you, you it just seems so realistic of what would happen. You know, they, they check, they try to try to reignite They're they're, they're just in, in let's try to get this thing back started mode turns on the emergency power. Think about you just see that you see them process the moment real time and you see Hanks make that decision like we're not going to make it. We got to land on the Hudson. And I just found that is, it's riveting. And you see it in Eckhart's face. He's like, oh, fuck. Exactly. But, he, but, he, but he's trying to be professional. And he knows. And he's like, all right, well, this is, you know. He knows. He, there's. No, I mean, he even asked him, do you have any other options for me? Yeah, right. Yeah, like, any other ideas? He's, he's like, like no, nope, nope. I really don't. And they look at like, and he's like, brace for impact. And right before they brace, they both kind of look at each other like, here we go. Here we go. Like, but they don't, but it's never too much. It's very never. much just like, it's. and if you've ever met an airline pilot, they are very stoic. They stoic. never get rattled. They don't. Like it's basically the opposite of me where like the voice is all over the place. It's very much like a it's solid voice. Yep. And um, they even like walk in a solid way. They're, yes. they're like known. They're basically trained their whole lives to not to get, not to get, get upset. Yeah, you have to. And, um, but you see cracks of it in the veneer and the performances, but they're totally believable. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's quite good. I, that scene is amazing. How, you know, what's also good this movie. I think the effects. Oh, the effects are awesome. Oh, some of this is obviously CGI, but it doesn't, it's, it doesn't look it. No, 
It's really good. I that's why it's so good. Like nothing, it's a, it's a, I, I know it's something I'm sure this movie. It's a B plus. But I I like this. Is not a top ten that we covered, but it's certainly top twenty. And we've covered some really good movies. I think this is a great movie. This is a really it's good. really really it's, really. It's, really it, good. I would almost say it's very good. Almost because there are the, the the Laura Lee stuff is, is yeah. Really I, rough. I just give that kind of a pass because of nothing's perfect. This is not one of the perfect films that we've seen. Nothing. You know, there's there's been a few that are just knocked out of the park, like works Silence of the art. Rams, Silence yeah. of the exactly. And this isn't that. It's not. But it's not far off. It's the, the plain effects, you know, the storytelling, the not doing too much, Hank's acting, Eckhart's acting. I mean... The NTSB stuff's bad. I don't think that's bad at all. I think they're just so, they're so typical stock villain... Yeah, you but even have a uh, Skyler uh, from I know, Breaking I know, Bad. I know. It's but like, it's, it's believable. They have a job to do. I don't even fault them in this situation. I don't even fault them. They have a job to do. They have to do it a particular way. It's a bureau- it's a bureaucracy. This is how they are. I, I just think it's they don't a have little, a lot of feeling. This is another Eastwood thing too. Any bureaucracy, obviously, he's gonna you know same thing with like Richard Jewell. Yeah, you know you have someone that's a hero, but then they are then kind of shit on by the press or by you know local uh, you know or by government. Uh, you can see Eastwood's because well, part of it's because he's had this amazing long career. Sure, but you can see the things that eat that piss Eastwood off, or things that bother Eastwood. And then I feel sometimes he makes him, I don't say shoehorns him, but it gets a little too much with with his. Yeah, maybe because I'm not. I wouldn't be as sensitive to that because I would feel the same way about the bureaucracy. I feel like it, like the you know, I feel like it. They could have he could have demonized him more, but 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 I, I I definitely have a, you know I. Yeah, I've got a block there because I would feel the same way about that bureaucracy. Um, sort of an, a very cold, unfeeling thing. So it didn't affect me. It didn't bother like, me as much. You know, the Hanks and Eckhart are played like real human beings. They are. To a great extent. They're both really good. Eckhart, you could even say, you know, in a, in a weak movie. Year. Remember remember like 91, we talked about Jack Palance? Yeah. Like Eckhart is better than Palance. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like absolutely. If, if it was 91 caliber movies, sure. so he should have got a nomination. Yes. I believe this year actually was pretty good. I'm it was good. I, I looked into it. I looked into yeah. it and I was like, I'm not sure that he would necessarily fit here, but, but he's quite good. He's quite good. Um, and he, yeah, he, he's, but, but the NTSB guys are, they're like kind of cartoon. Like Michael Malley's like, you know, doing the whole twirl on the mustache. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right. Like, but I do see, that, I don't know. I see that there, that it would have been scripted. Like that bureaucracy is scripted. We go through this checklist and um, also they, they can be defensive because they're, you know, they, maybe they, they know that you got to have heart with Sully's situation. How, how would you feel if you're putting this guy kind of on trial to yeah. see, to see if, you know, if it was negligence after he saved 150, 50, 155 people, like what kind of person do you have to be to do that? That the kind of person is kind of, going to be a cartoon character. Like they're going to have to compartmentalize and show, you know, sort of the, this kind of one note aspect of them. It's kind of almost a defensive reflex. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by it, honestly, but I can see why other people would be. I could see why you would be. Yeah. It was just a little, little, little much yeah. uh, in a movie that was so efficient and so, and wasn't doing that. I guess it's why it was so jarring for the Laura Linney stuff, which is, yeah. which is wildly bad. I, yeah. I can't emphasize enough how bad it was. Yeah. And then some of the NTSB stuff, which, which I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I'm hitting it a little too hard because it wasn't wildly bad, but because the, uh, the rest of the movie is, is even so right the passengers, on. they did a great job casting so. them because they reacted. I believe really like real, like you saw that one family of like the, uh, the two young guys and the older one of the guys is yeah, the dad yeah. and they got separated and they got, <laughs> but it's just like, I'm but just it's calling never, you. Yeah, but it's never, it's like, Oh, that seems all these things absolutely seem believable, really believable. It's they all were playing it. Not wildly dramatic or melodramatic. It seemed like, I think honest reactions, how people would, 
I don't know. I, I, people were like screaming and crying on the plane. People were just like doing what they were told. They were bracing. They had their heads down. Yeah, they were freaked out, but uh, they seemed to act pretty naturally. I thought, I, I was like, oh, all of the plane crash sequences were, which is funny because you don't think of Eastwood as like a special effects director. Nope. And I felt like it was like, I was watching, I was like, this is some of the best effects and action work I've seen in a movie in a long time. It felt real. I'm like, this is, like, I don't know who we got to do this, especially for a guy known for kind of rushing things. This didn't feel rushed. No. Like the act, but some of the scenes, some of the Eastwood stuff does feel, you, you it feels, you feel that with the mule, you feel like, all right, maybe a couple extra takes, Clint, <laughs> put a big idea here. But, um, yeah. but with this, I, especially the, those silly scenes, which you can't rush an act, action sequence. You can't rush having 155 people standing in the wings. No. It takes a while to get people out there. It's right. a fucking process. And uh, I know a lot of it is on sound stages or stuff, and there is CGI and stuff, but you still have people standing on a fucking wings. Yes. Um, and it didn't feel rushed at all. It felt like he took his time. This, this was, this is one of his best works in the last decade for sure. Yeah. 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 And you know, yeah. we went through the list. It isn't super great in the last decade. And this is one of the better movies of that year. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I really, I was really engaged watching this film. I'm glad you like it. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit too. That's good. Should we, anything else you want to talk about on this one? I think no, that's, that's probably good. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I want to mention that, uh, um, yes, wanted to mention our sponsor, uh, two tours CBD. Yes. Two tours as you, they've been sponsoring the show for a few weeks now. Um, as you know, I've been using the salve. Uh, they make great CBD, CBD products, you know, people in droplet form in tincture form or in salve form or in sugar form. I've been using the salve quite a bit. My wrist, my wrist is actually doing a lot better. Honestly, like these last like the, within the last few weeks, I definitely like I've been I've been sort of testing it doing some push-ups and you know always trying to maintain my flexibility and, and regain a little bit of flexibility. It is less sore and I am more flexible and I'm able to put more weight on it than I was before. And uh and I've been using that that salve pretty religiously. So hopefully you know hopefully other people who would try it and have the same effects that that I'm having with it but I but I've definitely I've definitely noticed a, a difference since I've been using it. Um and you know they make drops that the use CBD for anxiety or trouble sleeping, all sorts of stuff, but they are a great, um, company, a pick Tennessee, uh, company. So, you know, their, their stuff is dank. Huh? Well, wow. Okay. Fresh, I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It was just a little well, joke. Thanks. Thanks a lot for sponsoring us. <laughs> but thank Two you. For- <laughs> we appreciate it. It was good. While last better <laughs> better known. An operated this. company, um, making very, you know, awesome cannabis products. Uh, like I said, the salve, um, the tincture for like sleep aid, anxiety, all that type of stuff. And if you use, I use the droplets for my sleep, droplets for your sleep, uh, which helps a ton. Maybe you should have used it last night. So you could have been fucking fresh this morning when you got here. Uh, I was staying awake. I didn't use it last night. I was trying, I was, I was uh, doing stuff online and just, I was having, I was uh, playing a baseball simulator as well. I, was sta- oh, I, I stayed up way too late. So wait with this simulator. Oh, this is the, the I did the nerdiest thing you could ever with do. With the simulator. Side. I'm I so want, embarrassed. Is, what, I guess. Is, is there any graphic component to the no, simulator? This, it gets worse. Wait, wait, wait. Is there a gra- there's no graphic component? Like not, you can't actually see the games being played. You can't, or you can't- actually, but even it's very, uh, it's not very good. You can, it gives you the option to, but you're not, it's not very good graphics. It's very, you see like maybe the, how do, what it's does it very look small, like? small. Like the men are very small to play. Is it like three dimensional at all? Or is it no, like overview a, or it's like an over, you have different camera angles you can use, yeah. but, it, but it, I no. So this is the worst thing in the world. So this is so lame. So, um, re okay. So, uh, I'm starting over the entire baseball like galaxy, 19, 1901. I'm going back to 1901 and you're going uh, back to the beginning of baseball, going back to the beginning of baseball and <laughs> the first 20 years of baseball, uh, there weren't a lot of home runs. Hit. It was called the dead ball era. If you're, and then Babe yeah. Ruth kind of, you know, by 1920, Babe Ruth was a superstar and then home runs started to become more and more popular. Is it because the ball 
Is that why? Part of it, the ball, part of it is uh, they, uh, pitchers uh, weren't in the same spot. They, they also outlawed the uh, spitball. So there's a lot uh, of different things. I see. Um, so um, I'm going through starting from 1901 to present day and looking at how stat, but the, the, the change up here though is I'm mixing in players from all different eras. So I have like Pedro Martinez is in 1901. I have, um, it's completely randomized, but then like Ty Cobb isn't Ty Cobb might show up in 1974. Sure. I have no idea. So like all sorts, it's just a jumble of errors. And I like seeing how different players are performing in like dead ball. So I'm in 1905 now in this little exercise I'm doing. I don't understand the algorithm that makes this thing work. Like how do you really show like how, it's just probabilities like, okay, so Pedro Martinez in that era, right? Given yeah. the other stats around it, I guess. Yeah. Would so, like, perform this way? Pitch. so like back then you didn't have a lot of um like bullpen use. It was a yeah. lot of, like you just the starters would go out there and pitch complete games like almost every time. So it's kind of fun to see like, so Greg Maddox is in this He He's in there. Sure. So like, oh, how's Greg? Greg Maddox is doing better than Pedro is in this, in this world. But it's like seeing how different like effects or different scenarios of, uh, are affecting great or even, but it's all players. That's just great players. It's sure. also like shitty players. So will you go, does this go like yearly then? Yeah, I'm going to keep going, I guess, for a little while. I'm having fun. So I was up until like 3 a.m. doing this last night. Sounds like you've been not using the CBD products, but actually fucking smoking the weed there. No. Fucking keeping your ass up. Focused on this, like how, how many hours did you last yesterday? How many hours did you spend on this computer simulation? Well, I know. So we went, got, we went the Christmas tree last night. We decorated the tree and I, so I did like the family stuff. And then Laura went to bed around, I don't know, 1130. And then I walked the dogs. And so from like midnight to three, I, um, oh no, I did some research <laughs> for the show from like midnight to one. And from one to three, I did nothing but live in this 1904 world. How long does the season take? Oh, I can sim through it pretty quick. I'm, I'm, not, oh, okay. I'm, I'm not running a team. I'm You're just, just going, simply like an observer. I'm like God. I see. I'm not even like God. I'm like I'm like a I'm like a uh, 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 like a ghost, a specter, if you will. Right, because you're not manipulating I'm things. Not doing you're just, just saying random it, and go. Which is even like sadder. <laughs> what? I'm just, I'm just you're like, not even doing anything. No. You're just letting it go and watching. Yeah. You're a fucking voyeur. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't want to interfere. <laughs> it's really bad it's really fucking nerdy. electrons that you're just yeah peeping I'm, just, on. I'm just watching I'm like oh wow so this is what would happen if you know uh you know, julio <laughs> franco was in 1904 or something yeah um so how did you go through like one J- year there's a guy named jay johnstone which you're not gonna notice like no, no, only no. like uh, but whatever jay johnstone <laughs> was like a um was like a singles hitter in for the dodgers for like 20 years he had a really long career he's known as like a prankster he died of covid this year oh. he's um but uh he was uh, in the 60s and 70s he was a, a, a but he is awesome in 1904 man he was born the wrong time oh. he's going to bang title he's banging you maybe you should get a, like a jersey or something so i have all of the real hats and jerseys of that time so like the new york highlanders <laughs> so like he's he's so it's his face is a computer simulation of his face oh. and he has the New York Highlanders hat and has like their little Jersey and uh, yeah, it's crazy man. Just, I have the New York Highlanders logos. So it's random what team they're associated with. Yes, too. I don't oh, Yeah, I also changed one thing about it. I made it so free agents are possible and I also have a draft. So you draft new players and then you have the ability to be a free agent. I just want to see what happened with. So the draft. Okay. So they would draft someone from a hundred years base or 120 years. No, uh, then, like it's a different class each year and the class is completely randomized. So like it's, you know, say, I don't know, a hundred players each year enter yeah. this universe and they're players from all different eras. I have no I control see. who they are. Sometimes you have all sorts of hall of famers in them. Sometimes you have like none. Yeah. So how, how far did you get yesterday? Was it just 1901? No, I went, I did it also in the afternoon too. I was playing it quite a bit. I did it. I was, yeah. The how last many, couple of days I've been doing this. But how many years did you go through the last couple of days? The last couple of days I've gone through four years. 
Okay, so you'll how many? Does it take like an hour per year eh, or something? Probably a half hour, forty minutes. I spend some time. I drill into like who I all you know is MVP award. So I've created like all the modern awards. Yep. So so people are. So when you click like go, does it spit out all the stats for the year? No, you, you see the standings roll. Like it's so like you see like guys, you know, teams move up and down, and you also see the leaderboards. So I can see like who's winning the battle. Like so, all these things are moving at a pretty fast pace. Can you choose how fast it goes? I guess so. I don't touch it. Oh, though. okay. okay I just okay. kind of let it. It's fun. It's like fun. Can you watch stop it. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you can stop and like freeze mid season. But I don't. So yeah, I do. So I stop it on July thirty first. I stop it again on like September fifteenth. I stop it again. Like I watch the little World Series play out. It's awesome. It's really cool. It's not really cool at all. But it's cool for me. It's fun. Go to two tours.com yes. uh, promo code QW to get 10% off and, um, and free shipping. Yeah. So when I get out of this, when I'm done with this today, I'm done with your insane, not understanding. Wait about a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not I'm gonna go home, watch football. And then I'm going to then tonight, probably uh, play <laughs> some of my 1905. If I can take some CBDs and get some good rest. Baby. 1905. Yeah, but go to, uh, go to two tours.com and uh, promo code QW. 10% off and free shipping. I don't know why I get a lot of shit from our fans. You should really, you are the crazy one. You should get a lot of shit. What the, how geek, this is geekier than anything I've ever done. Ever. You don't even participate. You're just a fucking spectator. That's yeah, cool. It's like, it's like your ant village. It's fun. Yeah, it is. It is like very much like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, great match. You're doing good this year. This is crazy. <sighs> we all have our passions. Um, Jane Smokers. Chain smokers closer um, with Halsey with Halsey, right? Um, Halsey kind of a uh, YouTube star that made it big. Okay. Chain smokers are Andrew Taggart and Alex Paul. Um, their breakout was a song called selfie in like, you know, um, I think it was like 2014 or something. They are in fact the highest paid DJs in the world. Oh, okay. That's crazy to me. Oh, it's crazy. Well, they're famous. Makes sense, they're, right? they're on hiatus right now. I don't know what they're doing next, hmm. but uh, but yeah, they they've had a run. Um, this song "Closer" was number one for twelve weeks on the Hot 100. Hit a bunch of others. Wow, that's too. a long time. Really long time. Their first number one. Um, it hmm. is the second song ever to spend thirty-two weeks in the top ten. Like that's that's like Jesus. I, well, I mean, we're hitting, this is the time period where you got the same, you know, five people dominating the charts. That's more than half a year. That's a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. Um, 10 million in sales is, uh, this is a platinum. Um, sorry, this is diamond status. And they said that it was inspired. Okay. First of all, I don't like the song. There is an interesting part you of it. You don't like it? I don't like it you at all. Like it. No. Uh, this is kind of an interesting thing. They do a good thing with like the synth line. They do that in a bunch of their other songs too, where they take cool synth lines. It's a, it's got a nice filter on it and sounds cool yeah, and like you know feels good. But I, I the, my problem with this song and a lot of their material is it's not EDM enough or it's not poppy enough. It's like they're trying to satisfy all these worlds. They kind of do though. It's I know they're doing they're right. It sells a lot, but not for me, not for my taste. Like I would rather you go one way or the other. It's like not good enough for a pop star. Like the lyrics are, are horrid. Yeah. Are really great. bad. Like, um, um, so baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your Rover that I know you can't afford. Bite that tattoo on your shoulder. Pull the sheets right off the corner of the mattress that you stole from your roommate back. Like it's this rambly 
where they connect this line before to the next one. Well, I have a problem with it too. Like the whole song is about seeing someone you haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Well, how do you know she can't afford the Rover? You haven't seen her in four years. Don't know a goddamn thing. So, that's, so who the fuck are you to say she can? Maybe she's doing great. She can't afford the Rover. Yeah, they're not. They're just. They're not really thinking this through. It's you know they're just kind of throwing words together that kind of sound okay. Um, now they do have like, there's uh, what's this one? This is their song "Erase." This is much heavier. Really with good the production. EDM. Yeah. There's nothing poppy about this. No. Yeah, but this, I can understand why they make a song closer though. This isn't gonna, you can't sell this. Well, Race did pretty well, but, but I, but I, that's what I want to do. Like, I want you to choose because when you choose, you do a better job. Like they do, they're, they're more, they're heavier, harder EDM stuff is, is better. Where this is just this, like, it's kind of a, once again, it's kind of a catch all. It's almost like adult contemporary music again. It's like this thing that just, you know, it's e- it's easy enough to listen to, but there's not a lot of thought put into it. So, but okay, Phil Collins, we talked about him. Yep, and he kind of took some of that like prog rock stuff from Genesis a little bit, and then he mixes it with pop. He does, and then we enjoy his music because it bring it bridges those two together. To a fault, though, I mean, a lot of his material. So he's got a really strong top ten songs for him, but then a lot of his other songs are not that good. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, you know, particularly as you get into the mid nineties later, right, right. I mean, well, yeah, it just right. starts he, to get really bad. He gets older too. I mean, he does get older, but yeah. when he's younger, like these guys are, he was doing. I I really like that. Yeah. So like their first the first few albums of Genesis right after uh, right after Gabriel left, I really do enjoy because he still had. You're right. It was still interesting. It was still interestingly crafted, but pop music. Where Genesis was not poppy at all. You listen to Selling in England by the Pound, as I mentioned before, is one of my favorite albums. I love that album so much, but it, it's it's prog. It's right. like it's not like it's hard for me to really get into it because yeah. it's too it's too much. There's such great yeah, it's so good. Like it's it's lyrical enough, particularly with Gabriel. That's that's why. Um, and the melodies are so good that it's. I'm just saying, like, when you bridge it together, though, it, it, it has like, a heart. That, that can be how like great pop music it can, happens. It can be. They fail. Like so, they said that they they wrote it after um the, they were inspired by this Blink 182 song. Right, right. This is actually the best Blink 182 song because this is them actually doing something. This is a huge departure for them. Yeah. It's like it's interesting. I mean, it's weird because his weird voice and know, like whatever. But it's a cool. But it that's is. like a nice I, little departure. I have, yeah, I've conflicted stuff. Hopefully, we'll hit blank one day. But. but it reminds me more of this. It has this vibe. It does. The Vanessa Carlton Thousand Miles, and I just, ooh, I just think they, I just think they, they missed it. They, but, but to me, I mean, obviously, this thing sold a shit ton. It's just when I listen to something like that, I'm like, this just, you know, make a fucking decision. Do something. Um, their other song, what else do I have? Oh, this one's a good one too. Setting Fires. Again with that synth line. So who is it? It's them is again. This, yeah, this chain is smokers? Chainsmokers again. Yeah. Way better. I would put like, I have an EDM list. I, I'm going to make that public um, so that people can listen to it too because I have a shit ton of EDM. That's what, oh, I, right. that's what I like to work work to. Oh, really? And okay. It, yeah, oh, I, all right. yeah. So do you listen to these guys when you work a lot? No, I, no. But I would put that setting fire song on my, okay. on, on, on that. Um, so where are people going to find this list? Well, it's a Spotify list. I'll tweet it out at some, right. uh, later on. There I just made it public, but I'll, I'll tweet it out. But uh, the other thing, 
I guess that's it. I mean, I was just going to say there's like, there's so much more. I don't have a ton to say. I, I don't love this. I don't like this song really. I don't hate it. It's fine. I, <laughs> last night I'm trying to just think of something to say it. I just don't have a ton to say about it. I'm not trying to cop out here. I just, there isn't a lot to it. There's not a lot to it. And, um, but I understand why people would like it. I, I don't really love EDM. I don't, I, I used to like, um, when I, I, I liked more like a techno, like chemical brothers and stuff. When I was younger, I would listen to a lot of that, like so more aggressive. Yeah. Late nineties, early two thousands. I would listen to a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about prodigy yep. uh, earlier, you know, uh, but like chemical, Brothers, especially like some dust brother stuff. I really got into in yeah. that time in my life, you know, now it's not really what I'm seeking anymore. And I get it. I'm old. I'm, you know, I'm over 40. I spend my time, you know, doing baseball simulations of 1904. <laughs> yes, so, I mean, I get it. I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's not at all. I, I, but like, I'm more likely to listen to like, Christ, I mean, fucking Billy Joel or, yeah, you know, you know, from just like kind of hanging out and doing stuff, you know, even like just a lot of singer songwriter stuff in the seventies I might throw in or, sure. or, you know, if we're doing something fun, like we do the road trip, like that was like more fun, poppy stuff. I'm still not going to put something like this song in there. So I don't really Probably have not. a place in my life for a song like this one. So it's hard for me to get really in, but I, I, and if I heard this at a party though, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. I really love EDM. I mean, I like every style of music has greatness in it. And so does EDM. So dead mouse or Mord Fustang or Lucene, um, Chrome Sparks is be- beautiful. L- listen, l- doesn't this um, doesn't does this do anything for you? It's a little odd. It's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. These are Chrome Sparks. Very that's good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. There's some really I great creative put that on like what I'm cooking or when I'm like doing dishes or when I'm just kind of like hanging out. But like you're right, maybe to ha- to work too. Yeah. That's not bad at oh, all. Oh, I would listen to that. Chrome Sparks, I would listen to them a lot. I mean, even uh, Dead Mouse, I would listen like, I would to. Listen He's so that innovative. I driving. Like, you, you see, when you, we, I t- would. we talked a little bit about our, um, our, our um, driving music, our driving, driving habits. No, we talked about our, our playlist when we drive yep. uh, on our Patreon show. Uh, and uh, your list was very much like this, like, somber, sad, depressing it's music. And mine was fun and awesome. And, uh, but I can see why you would have wanted to pull I've had some melancholy drives, honestly. Jesus. That's why. Fucking Corrado's usually, road trips. <laughs> well, it's because it, usually my drives are like be, like beginning a new life event or ending. That's fun. But also ending. Well, that's sad. A new. Right. An the old beginning life a new event. One, that's awesome. Nothing. Yeah, but, but, it's, but you have a, there's, there's a, a range of emotions there. I'm not just all joyous, giddy like you are. You don't go on like vacations or totally. road trips. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. We went to Madawaska, right? Like uh, last year. <laughs> it was harrowing. I mean, that's true. It was that's awesome, true. but maybe harrowing. The, maybe the right back, I guess, is a better example. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The right back was beautiful because I was going like Play some fucking fun music. You jam, you know, that's fun. Yeah, that is fun. That is fun. Right. Or like if you wanted to listen to a more poppy, like lyrical with voice um, EDM, listen to Mika snow. Like there's, there, there are a lot of other artists that do it better than they do it. This is more of a, this is very bubblegummy. Um, and, and to be fair, they've done it better too. Uh, particularly a lot. Of, they m- might more just wanted stuff. to sell some fucking records. Man. Oh, I, that's exactly what they want to do and more power to them. It's just, I don't think it's particularly good. Where were you? Yeah, so we're going to both tell our personal stories uh, today because we're having a guest on uh, Saturday. Yep. Uh, Naomi Brockwell. Yep. Um, uh, so we talk about Snowden and yeah. We talk about Snowden and um, and she's had, she's done some really interesting stuff which worked with John Stossel and just yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah. some cool stuff. So we're excited to have her on Saturday. So because of that, we're going to each tell our personal stories. So 2016, where was I? So this is the worst year of my life. Yeah. Um, we'll get into some of what makes it so horrible. Basically I got divorced, uh, but there's other stuff that happened to the year. It was just basically like wildly horrible. 
like when you're living, you're like, well, if I can just survive, it won't ever be this bad again. Um, it's that terrible. Yeah. Uh, and so September of 2016, the last, or what are we like, uh, mid September? Yep. Mm. 11th through 17. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is a rough time for me. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I left New York in July. Marriage fell apart. I left New York in July. I'm sure we'll get into that. You know, we hit those th- earlier on that year. Uh, my dog Wayfield and I jumped into U-Haul and we went home, uh, to home to my parents' house in Stratford. Were you listening to that same playlist when you were driving home oh, from I that event? I fucking listen to shit, man. Yeah, I was yeah. fucking, yeah. that was the worst drive of my life. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just like, I am I going to be sane? Should I just drive off this bridge? Um, so you, uh, you know, I'm living at home. I had just gotten a job, uh, in late August. So I was feeling a little better. Um, I luckily got a job right away, you know, and, um, which helped a lot with keeping myself sane. I bet. And then in September, I guess I went to kind of tell a story of what happened in late, late September. Um, more than this week in particular. Uh, so, uh, I was, I, when I lived in New York was probably the time in my life. I didn't keep up with my friends as well as I should have. I'm, I think I'm really good at keeping up. It's like one of my strengths thing is keeping up with my friends. Yep. Like I'm kind of the guy in our social circle kind of gets the guys together. Typically like I'm the guy who will reach out. And when I lived in New York, it wasn't just friends. It was family too. I had a really hard time connecting to people mm. because New York is such a wild and insane experience. And it's so re- you, you don't have a car anymore. You don't, you're not living the same life as everyone else in your world. And eventually just because you're just doing things so differently like you're even doing laundry differently. You're eating everything you're doing is different. It's I found it. I found myself kind of sucked into that world more. It's a big reason why my marriage fell apart is, you know, my wife at the time didn't want to leave that world anymore. I, I kind of did. And, um, but yeah, you feel yourself just sucked in this different universe. And I didn't do a great job. Keep up with friends. So, um, I, one of the things I look forward to, one of the few things that when I, you know, just crying every night, just barely, you know, I was just a fucking mess. Uh, it was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And, uh, that like July, August, June, July, August, that summer was like just the Rough. worst, worst experience of my life. And, um, so September I'm like, all right, well I'm working again. I bought myself a car. I moved back home. I, so I felt like accomplished about that. And there were some little things I'm like, oh, I'm feeling better. I'm still living at home, but I'm feeling better. I'm kind of getting my, my stuff together. And, um, I was living at home by choice. It was just because I was like, I don't really want to live alone right sure. now. I don't know if I wasn't, yeah, I was emotionally ready to, and I wasn't. Um, and, um, I'm like, well, I'm going to reach out to some friends. Like I'm home. I'm back home now. I can reach out. And I, I do have a really great network of, we talked about that a little bit last week yeah. where I met all these friends in seventh grade. Uh, uh, and so this is kind of the, the, the time I got to kind of reconnect with them. And I reached out to my friend, Ethan. Um, and we met at a, uh, place in Rochester revolution, uh, bar, uh, restaurant and bar, um, which is a, a nice place in Rochester. I think yeah, they do, that's they do a good, good place. job, but they've yeah. done some libertarian stuff there too. Yeah. I mean, we go up in the upstairs. I would, I would eat up there yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. I know they've had a stuff there, but it's regular. It's not like they're, you know, they're regular place. You can go there and, and, and they do a good job. And, uh, we, we went and we met there and we talking and he was just like, you know, like I know I, I did a podcast back in 2010, but it was very much like conversational. It was very, um, like it was me and another guy we had never met, but we were on the same Red Sox message board and we both just wanted to try out what a, we didn't know, like really know what a podcast was. I didn't know you did this. That's crazy. In 2010, 2010, 2009, 2010. I was on a very early podcast too, through parent Pandora. Um, I went on into Pandora studios and did like a one off podcast. It was crazy in like 2009 or 10, something like that. This is not at all anything like that. This was two guys on a phone. (laughs) The connection was horrible, but it was just, it but like, we just talked about like just random stories and stuff. It wasn't, it was called uh, the ginger skinny radio hour. 
Uh, good luck finding it. You, it's it's the ginger it's, skinny. Ginger's because he had red hair and I'm skinny. So it's, <laughs> I just thought, I, I just think that's a funny those two words together just made me laugh. So like let's call it that. So it's a ginger skinny radio hour, and uh, we just talked about just things. It was yeah. very. It was there's no real like. Like not like this show where we have like a, a we have a structure we have, right this had no structure we just didn't know what we we're doing so it wasn't it wasn't uh, like a Red Sox podcast or anything or no. a, or a baseball podcast it was, it was like just... life stories and just opinions about things we didn't even know what it was we were just doing it and um but how my, did you know what a podcast was was it from Rogan or something it might have been on the no I don't I don't even know if, no I think I don't know yeah. I, I don't remember how I wasn't really even listening to that many podcasts back then yeah um and my friend Ethan is like oh I that's how that's how I discovered podcasts was you put like a Facebook message about it or something like that. And I, I found out about podcasts. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, or whatever. However, he found it might even been like MySpace or something. And, um, so he listened, he's like, I want to do a podcast. You know, you want to podcast with me. So I'm like, I have nothing going on in my life. I'm fucking so de- depressed and sad all the time. I'm like, sure. I'll we'll do a podcast. So we, we did, we did. It was called New Hampshire cast and it still exists. Um, you can go check it out if you like stuff around New Hampshire, but, uh, but Ethan and his wife, Jamie became like, we, I ended up becoming a, a, I was always good friends with Ethan. Ethan worked at McDonald's with me that we talked about. <laughs> You've e- never put him in that story. Ethan, um, <laughs> was he there at that, that time? No. When, uh, when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, uh, our nameless employee sh- shit her pants, I had to go home. <laughs> See, he, wasn't she, he was not there for that. No, <laughs> oh. he only worked there for a few months. He ended up going into graduate high school and went into the Marines. Yeah. Um, uh, but him and his wife, Jamie became like really good friends. Uh, so I became better friends with him even like after high school and junior high, even though we were good friends, we, we go to show music shows all the time yeah. together. We played baseball together for years. Like me and Ethan were really good friends, but now we become like, like almost like best friends in a lot of ways. Uh, you must've seen him as very stable at that point. Cause he had a stable. It's awesome. And he had gone through a divorce himself. Yeah. So, uh, I got to kind of like, you know, he got, you know, I got to cry on his shoulder a lot and, and his, and I got to see how he has like a new, he has a great new life. He's got a, uh, his new wife, Jamie, who's great. And I, I kind of met her and became fr- friendly to her. And then, uh, when Laura, when I met Laura, my wife now, like Laura and Jamie are incredibly good friends. <laughs> like they both, that's great. Yeah. They both get along really well, have a lot of the same interests. So like, you know, we get, we don't, you know, I, I play tennis every week with, with Jamie and Ethan's old, uh, Ethan's, uh, youngest son. Uh, they're part of my tennis uh, weekly uh, lessons and yeah. they become like a huge part of my life. And we got to this podcast together that was, if you like New Hampshire or if you know New Hampshire, grew up in New Hampshire, it is a fun listen. If you've never been to New Hampshire, eh, eh, you can check it out if you want. I don't know if it's, it's for you, but if you, if you at all have any connection to Hampshire, it is a, and we just delve into different topics each week, about half hour shows about different things in and around New Hampshire. But it was just really fun. We, for the first year we did it, we did it every week. Yeah. Um, which was a, uh, and he produced it and, and he, he has a really good voice for like, radio and, and podcast too. So it was, it was nice. And, but it was just, it was honestly, man, it was just so nice to have something to go every week. I was so lonely. I was so sad. It was just like every week gave me something to look forward. I get to go, oh, I get to go see my, my friends and do this podcast that I like and enjoy doing. And yeah. it, was, it was just, it was so great to be able to like, have that to look forward to. And like, you know, I think back to like, it's funny how like little things like going to that, um, acting class sure. in right before seventh grade, like doing a creative thing, like really changed my life for the better. And then doing this podcast really changed my life for the better. And like, you know, as the podcast evolved, my life got better and better. And, um, not because of the podcast, but you know, part of Ethan's friendship and Jamie, you know, Jamie's friendship certainly did, but it was just like, you know, just you know, things took its course. I got, you know, I got over my divorce. I, I met someone new. I, you know, started a new life and it did, did work out. But, um, but having that as that bridge 
to be able to count on good friends made all the difference. I was like, and that's the big reason why I stuck around. I'm like, yeah. I, I, cause I was like, Oh, maybe I'll live in New Hampshire for a while and I'll maybe I'll move to Las Vegas or maybe I'll move to another city. I thought I need to move to a city again, but I'm like, Oh, I have all this friend, you know, and I got, you know, I, I got to in touch with my other friend, Henry and I, and I got, I get to hang out with my friends again here, my, my people here. And I'm like, Oh, why would I leave this community of people that care about me and are so good to me? Why would I leave this again? And that's why I'm, I'm still here. But, um, but this was like, the, this was the month when I finally made a connection to a friend again. And this is like the beginning of things slowly starting to turn around for me. It's, it's so weird to like, think about this from the outside perspective of not really knowing you very well at that time. And just seeing John and John being like, yeah, you know, Chris is going to be, he's back from New York. He's going to be living in our basement or something. Yeah. I, I, I lived, <laughs> I lived, yeah so after my parents uh, in October, I moved and I lived like in a basement apartment for yeah. like seven months and I did it. I, I mean, I had a good job. But I did it because I didn't want to live alone. I'm like, all right, well, if there's a family above that to me, me, I think John said that to me. Like, yeah. I think he just doesn't want to be alone want, right now. And yeah. that makes complete sense. I'm like, but. I have a good job and I'm because I'm like, not like I'm looking to impress anybody. I was, I was, I was a mess. And also I'm like, this is dark statement. Like if I hurt myself, I don't want a family to find like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I never really did anything too drastic. I never, never got down that road, but it was almost like kind of like a safety measure. Like, I can see that. All right. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm really having a dark time, I can go upstairs and like knock on the door of my friend and be like, Hey, can we just talk? I'm really having, I'm struggling right now. Or, but it was nice even like to go to work every day and see a family say, hi, I know that's small, but when you come from New York, when everyone doesn't want to fucking be around you right. to then see people saying hi to you, you know, and like just people just happy to see you in the morning. Like that meant the world to me. Okay? Yeah. This, this year was incredibly hard. Like it was a really, 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 really dark. Still feel really recent. Does it still feel like it wasn't that far away? Oh no, it feels so far away now. It, does. it just feels like the idea of living in New York. It was only four years ago. Yeah. It feels like fucking 10. Yeah. Like it, it couldn't be more and feeling that depressed and that down. Um, couldn't feel more removed either. Like definitely don't get me wrong. The pandemic sucks. Like just yesterday. I'm like, this fucking sucks. I hate this weather. My tennis uh, appointment got canceled yesterday. I look forward. There isn't much to look forward to in the pandemic. So I'm like, this fucking sucks. It's like, Oh, well, wait a second. I have two dogs. I have great wife. We have a house. We have like, we have all these things that are, um, you know, so fortunate to have when, you know, four years ago I had fucking nothing. I had a dog and that's it. I had nothing. It's like, Oh, all right. Well, things could be a lot worse. But you rebuilt. Yeah. You kind of rebuilt from zero. You, you start all, all over again. When they talk the about Zane Slicker is, you know, Daniel Stern's character, yeah. he's like, I got to start over. And I, I, you know, I can relate. I had that same car. Ethan was my, Ethan's like, you, you have a clean slate. And it's like, well, and he understood though. He never, he was really, cause he understood. Yeah. And he's just like, no, it's like, this sucks, but it will get better. Like, look, see, and he, you know, he has a lovely house and he has a great family. It's like, see, it can get better. It just takes time. Yeah. There's nothing you can do, but just go through it. And it's just like, yeah. oh, it's, it, fu- it fucking sucks. And some days I'd be, you know, I'd go in, I'd just be fucking really down. And he, you know, and they would just, you know, they'd make me dinner or they would just talk to me and they would just be happy to see me. And it's like, oh, so to have that every week, the podcast was great. And I loved him. And Ethan and I would do that podcast forever. We'd, we'd taken a break as of COVID, but we'll do that podcast. Cause we both love each other. We both love hanging out with each other. Like we'll, we'll, we'll be 80 and do that podcast. Even if we're, even if we're retired in Nevada, we'll do it. But it's not about the podcast. It was about seeing my friend every week. And it was of course. like, Oh God, like it was to have that to look forward to every week. And he was so good about it. Like we did it every week, no matter what rain or shine, we did it every week. And yeah. it fucking made the world difference to me. It was, it was, it really changed. It, it, it made it, it made me feel so much happier. I remember how I felt after like even the third or fourth episode. I'm like, oh, I have something to look forward to next week. Yeah. When in early August, I'm just like, I've got nothing. I am really dark. This is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Good day, Ethan.
Ethan's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, yeah I'm so like blessed really to have friends like Ethan and Henry and Brian. And, and I have this friend group that you met a lot of these yeah. guys at, at my wedding. I mean, even my wedding photographer, Rob, like I have all of these, this friend group that is just, you know, I'm, I know I, I'm, I'm just incredibly lucky to have that. Like it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know where I'd be without having that. Right on. Yeah. Well, I look forward to more episodes of uh, New Hampshire cast when we get through this fucking pandemic. I used to listen to it all the time. Yeah, it was fine. And that's it was fun. Reason, it, it's perfect, perfect for me. Oh, well, exactly. And it's perfect for It's perfect for someone like me who loves New Hampshire, knows all these things that you know that you're talking about. It's a great nostalgia thing. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for New Hampshire, guys, we might not be doing this show. We might not be. I think that's probably right. That's probably because right. you didn't know about Ginger's. Not that that was anything. That's it's a fucking that's a train wreck. Well, but. no, but I mean, we, you know, through your theater stuff and yeah. whatever mutual friends, maybe. I mean, even before you went to New York, I like, I think I went to your like goodbye party or something. You should and, yeah. yeah. I mean, I always liked you. It was just right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if you would have thought of me doing a, maybe doing not. a podcast with me. Maybe not. Um, and I probably wouldn't have been as comfortable doing it. Like I, you know, yeah, I've done comedy and stuff before in New York and whatever in New Hampshire, but like I hadn't done a podcast until I did it with Ethan. And, and you can hear like, it's, it's kind of like, all right, how do I, I don't know. You can, you, you can hear like my podcast character. I'm always honest, but you do amplify things. Of course. Yeah. You can kind of hear that change throughout the New Hampshire cast. If you go through the episodes, it's like, oh, all right. And then by it ends, I'm kind of the same person you're hearing now, but it would have taken me a lot longer if I hadn't had New Hampshire cast to get, you know, to, to do the show now. Makes I don't know. a lot of sense. Yeah. If I didn't do right. right. And you same thing for you. Three years of the free cast or whatever. Yeah. It just takes a while to get used to just talking to a microphone, or at least it does for me. You're an idiot. I was always petrified of it. Uh, whenever I would play music, um, so I was on stage a lot for a while, and uh, I am certainly very comfortable playing music on stage, but I'm not comfortable being the front guy and like talking on stage. I mean, I would be way more comfortable now, but I, I never thought of myself as someone who could talk in front of a mic. I, you know, always perform, but never talk in front of a mic. But I feel comfortable. It takes a while. Where were you? Were you also uh, potentially contemplating suicide at the time? Uh, no? Kind of. No, no. <laughs> not. I wasn't contemplating suicide. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I wasn't. I, I, You've been dark, but never that dark. I'll put it this way. The, the, the line I always say is this. I, I've never once tried to kill myself, but I could tell you. I, I know now after the divorce and, and everything that happened in 2016, I know how I would do it. Really? I've never yeah. I've never been that far where I've thought. I've, I've been dark, but never never actually said, hmm, what's the best way? To, I guess oh, pills. Pills sound better. Pills sound better. Yeah. I, probably, I, I came to that conclusion. I kind of came to like that kind of thing uh, after 2016. Also, I've had a panic attack before 2016. So that was another fun little adventure in 2016. I think we did talk about your panic attack. I think we had done it, I think off, off mic. Oh, maybe but, we um, did. Yeah, it was, yeah. That, was, that was fun. I got to, uh, some new experiences in 2016. The, 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 Fuck 2016. The year, the great year of 2016, the, the worst, the worst thing ever. 2016, uh, this time in September, the, 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 this weekend, um, was my last, uh, Free Coast Fest. So Free Coast Fest is, uh, so yeah, probably people know this about me, but I, um, I would consider myself a free state project precipita- uh, participant, even though I've, been in New Hampshire most of my life, but I still, you know, the, the affiliations there, it's, you know, particularly in my heart, but the free stage project is, a was a thesis by this really sweet guy named Jason Sorens, who wrote a college thesis saying, well, how do we, how do we do a better job? Um, you know, fostering Liberty in this world. And it's, it's really tough when you have all these sort of Liberty communities disparate across the United States or across the world. But what if we got a number of people to move to the same place and see if we could do some good there. And that became the free state project. And um, in the early 2000s, uh, New Hampshire was picked as the state where people would move. Um, and the, the idea was, it was a pledge um, that if 20,000 people signed this pledge to move to New Hampshire and, you know, 
promote um, the, the idea of the, the the ideas of the non-aggression principle. Um, promote liberty, then you know it would trigger the move, and everybody would move. So that actually, the move triggered, I think, in 2016. We have got a lot. There are a lot of people who've moved here for the Free State Project. Nowhere near 20,000, but there's probably five, six thousand people, I would say, who moved. Maybe more over the course of time than people who've left. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of like people who live in New Hampshire that are friendly to the the project that would sort of consider themselves participants, but but have not moved specifically for that. I would put myself in that category. I was moving back from California, but I would have done that anyway. But, you know, it just so happens. So, but when the, so, but there's different sections of, of, of the state. And so little, smaller communities would form. There's always like a, the Free State Project always does, um, it does Pork Fest, which is the summer festival, that uh, happens in the mountains. And then there's always been like a, a thing that happens in Keene once a year. So we, so me and uh, a couple partners wanted to create some more community on the seacoast. And so we did that by, my cat's fucking screaming itself. We did that by um, creating a meeting space um, for us to hang out and like have potluck dinners and, you know, and, and uh, have speakers and all sorts of stuff, which we called the Praxium. So me and two partners built the Praxium in Portsmouth. And now there's, now that's moved to Dover, um, yeah, Dover at some point. Uh, and we also wanted to create a festival, a yearly festival. So we created the Free Coast Fest. And uh, we sort of took turns organizing. I wasn't like the lead organizer on this one in 2016, but I did most of the heavy lifting. One of my partners who was supposed to was like sick for a while, whatever. So like I got the speaker. Um, it was uh, Julie Borowski this year. We've had we've had like a, um, some really good, uh, Radley Balco is a, is a guy that I got uh, to speak there. Radley Balco is like kind of a hero of mine who wrote for Reason Magazine, um, has moved on from there, but did stuff on Corey May with this death row um, guy who you know shouldn't have been and got him off death row. It was a lot of cool stuff with Bradley Balco. But it would be a speaker series um, that would happen all day Saturday. Fall, um, there would be some Friday activity, speaker series uh, all day until the evening cruise, which we would go on the Thomas Layton. The first year we went on the Heritage because we didn't know how many people would attend. And the Heritage, like I can't remember, something like 50 people um, which was a lot of fun. It was very successful, sold out really fast. So we were like, okay, let's bump up to the Leighton, Thomas Leighton, which I think- Which is a bigger boat. Yes. Maybe 250 or something. Yeah, it's a bit, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really cool. Um, so which uh, we would have, the years that I um, was helping to organize the on the Leighton, we would have upwards of 200 people on there, 200, 225 people on there. We would do food on the boat, um, we would have the speaker series, the, 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 get the keynote speaker come and speak on the boat. And that's at sunset, you know, on, you know, in the, the waters off Portsmouth, really beautiful, awesome, cool event. We went to the Isles of Shoals, I think on this one, and it was super calm this year. So like, you know, very flat ocean going out to the, the Isles of Shoals and, and, um, you know, having food and hanging out. But I, um, but I had a falling out, uh, right after this. Um, one of my partners was, so we also created a nonprofit so that we could, you know, fund the, um, fund the Praxium and other like types of stuff. And so I was on the board of that nonprofit. I actually created the, created the nonprofit, wrote the bylaws. Like I was really involved, but one of my partners, um, try started, I saw the, saw kind of early on, but we were friends and I, I sort of let it go, but one of my one one of my partners was starting to to tar, start started to like assume more power. I know this sounds stupid, but assume like more authority in the nonprofit. He was the president of the nonprofit, and he used the bylaws to his advantage, but used sort of the legal structure to assume 
more control over the over um, the Freeco stuff. So like, and and all of our projects. So I, I was on the free. He he was doing the freecast with me for a while too until that separated, which was good. He really like he started to really want to control that project. The Praxium stuff, um, you know, with the space and the hunt for the new property and. He was acting as like a gatekeeper for the community too. Like sort of, it was really gross, like yay or nay, whether people could be involved with stuff. And I'm, I'm like a really, in general, I, I, I always start very polite and nice and with the best in, and, and think that people are going to enter with the, with the best intentions. Um, and if they prove me wrong over time, then okay, maybe they're not the, <laughs> the right fit for, you know, a, a community or, or an organization, but but I always start with like, they have good intentions. They're here on good intentions. I always start then he, that's not how it was. He was very more, he, he was way more into filtering people out. And I was like, you know, we should be as open a community as possible to get people. And there's so few of us. Um, so I fought him and I tried, and it was my own damn fault because I wrote the bylaws. Uh, I tried to, the bylaws like allowed him. So if we ever hired someone, it would have allowed him to have like, you know, renege rights to, to say they couldn't come in. Um, he had, he had other like board, board decisions basically that he could make that, that, that I, I, so I tried, like I made a push. I saw all this stuff happening. Saw him like start to assume more and more control and be like more in on every decision. Um, and, and people were coming to me all the time. Like there was this vibe that it was kind of a boys club too, which I fucking hated, uh, on our board. And it was uh, the original idea of the board. We were we were gonna, you know, we 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 wanted like we wanted to be a cross section of the community, and it was five guys. And I was like, well, this doesn't seem right, you know. Particularly if we're, we're gonna find um, the board's next goal is to find a property for us to buy, and it's very family oriented um, group because they're all they're all family people. So I thought it would be good to have. Let's let's have some moms like on our fucking board mm-hmm. because they you know they have a different perspective of of what what we have and uh, he blocked it and I'm like this is ugly and so like the like some of the the women in in um in the community were like coming to me and be like this doesn't seem right and I was like yeah you're fucking right it doesn't seem right so I fought hard like months and months of like fighting about this and we were making no headway and I was like okay this is what I want to do I want to change our bylaws because you, you, you have like, you have too much, like you're, you're kind of, you're stopping us from progressing because you have all this power and, um, the board wouldn't let me. So I resigned and left and that was my last free coast fest. And over the course of the next, um, so I, I maintained doing the free cast. So the kind of the, the Liberty oriented podcast, um, over the next, you know, couple years, but then that was it. I was, I was pretty much out so of the free project. coast doing now. I don't really, I, you know, I have a, so I've got a, a the, my filter on this product is, is, is kind of negative, unfortunately, because of my interactions um, with my former, uh, my former co-host and partner. And so the way that it looks to me from the outside is there are a bunch of people who have been kind of um, almost not ostracized, but kind of ostracized because he has really flexed as well. It's kind of his own domain now. I, that, that, that's what's happened is without that pull, particularly like I have a strong personality. So, you know, I'm the type of person that would oppose a situation like that where someone is kind of assuming a lot of control. I don't, I don't do well with that. I like to challenge authority. I don't like to, but I feel like I have to. And without a strong personality as that, that counterbalance for him, which I was, it's really become a smaller you know, kind of controlled domain that that's the way that it seems to me. And, um, so I, I don't really, I don't really 
like communicate to. I sort of have lost the community because I, I don't really communicate. Do you regret that? You said like, you know, you felt like you kind of have like. Maybe, I birthed it. Yeah. Right, I birthed that. Do re- do like, oh, maybe I could have just like let it go or maybe I could have handled it a different way or maybe I could have, you know, he's not going to change. Yeah. Maybe it's like up to me to change kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so I think it's, you know, the, the people that you surround yourself with, um, you are merging your reputation to. And I, it got to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't merge my reputation with this guy. He's the type of person who doesn't think win-win. I'm, I'm a big, like, let's win-win. I always like, that's what I want in, in any, in any interaction, whatever it is. I want it to be win-win. He's not that he's a big win, win, lose guy. He has to win. Um, he's got to make sure he gets, you but know, don't, are you not that way though? So you win, win or else like, you know what I mean? It's just the other, like, okay. oh, oh, well then I would just, I would not, I would just wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't participate. I would, I not would that you on. need to win or else, but if you don't, like if, if, if it's not going that way that you want it to go, you, 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 I mean, you walked away from the board. Yes, I did. So you kind of did the same thing, but only for different, maybe for different motives, but you know what I mean? But you kind of also my kind of goal, threw a line in the sand. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, No, you're exactly right. I think my goal is win-win. Um, I don't think his goal is win-win. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, there's certain cir- circumstances where, no, in that circumstance, he won. I lost. Like I was like, I'm going to take the loss and leave. Right. Uh, do I regret? Yeah, there are people I'm disappointed because I think that certain people who I was close with or closer with would have, I think they didn't want to, like they didn't want to rock the boat. Right, probably not. Which I get. Um, but I also- Most people don't. And I think, and I don't necessarily, and I don't, don't, most people don't. I also don't blame them um, for not really being, like for us sort of losing touch because when- it's hard when they're not just, they're always doing stuff as families. So it's hard to, you know, you've got this guy who's not going to come to those events anymore. So where's our, so they're all their social stuff happens probably around that space or around these events. So if I'm not there, then if I'm not in that meeting space or in those events, then it's harder to keep in touch. So I don't really blame them. I no, I'm glad. I think I would not have done. I would not have done well in that circumstance. Like watching that happen. He has some do a speech at every event. It's like, I, I, I couldn't, yeah. I can't, I just, I can't do it. Uh, you know, it gets to a point where I'm like, I'm not, it's not worth it to me. Um, but I am sad. Yes. I, I think in general that my, my general feeling of the free state project is kind of melancholy too. I think, um, the leadership there has really fucked things up. Like there was a lot of, a lot of great stuff. Is really it cool ethical stuff to move into a state and kind of like basically take over? I like, mean, take that- over to leave you alone. I mean, what, what does take over mean? Well, I mean, but, but, Okay, so let's say you have people that have a different politically, you know, that like their community the way it is, let's say, and maybe it is much more government-oriented or whatever it is. Like, mm. you know, that's what they like. And then a bunch of people move in, these kind of carpetbaggers move in, and they then kind of dictate new terms because simply just out, they outnumber, you know what I mean? And, and so is that, is that right to the people that were there first? No, I mean, I don't think anybody has... Like, wouldn't you be pissed if the same thing happened? Like, you had a libertarian, and then all of a sudden all these, you know... Communists move in or whatever, you know. It's like, oh, well, now I don't. Now I'm, I'm stuck in this. Now I'm stuck in this house. Me, I have a hard time selling, and now I'm under communist rule. Yeah, I guess uh, I, I right. I could totally see your your point. If I'm a communist and a bunch of fucking liberty people move in, then I would be. I might be upset if I really liked communism. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I don't. I guess I don't see it that way. I, I just see people have the freedom to migrate wherever they want to. Uh, you know, I think people moved to New. They were most people who moved here aren't are there to like be are to 
take advantage of all the things that make New Hampshire great in the first place. Like no sales tax. Yeah. No income tax. I mean, that's where my father moved here. Exactly. My father moved here it is, to, to get away from those things. I've and, said this before. New Hampshire is probably the freest, safest place in the world. Unfortunately, you have, you know, you have this umbrella um, federal government over it. But still, like if you think of it's super industrious, um, you know, lower cost of living for what you get. You get industrious people, very clean, very safe. And a lot of that has to do with, with the, with, New Hampshire, like New Hampshire's political liberty. I mean, there's no reason there there's it's sorry. It's no, it's no doubt to me why New Hampshire is as prosperous. Doesn't get as hit as hard with, with recessions as other places do. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's because of the liberty that the state has and, but can it get better? Fuck yeah. And actually it had, it has gotten a lot better since, since, um, a lot of FSP people have, have gone to be state reps. I mean, it's a big reason why you have medical marijuana, decrim mar- marijuana, constitutional carry, a lot of that stuff. These are all, you know, this is because um, the Republican Party has skewed further towards libertarian and less away from conservative. So I think it's been a really net positive. But to go to get back to my point, I think at this point it's sort of like lost lost its way a bit. There's like, you know, I, the, I hear a lot less about it. I know. Like, yeah, exactly. That's I remember when I was in New York, I hear about yeah. this, this cause. I was like, ah, I like, I, I have mixed feelings on it. I see both sides kind of thing. The, uh, but I said, it's interesting. It's happening in the state that I'm from. I know. But then I feel like since I moved here, you, especially in the last like two, two to three years, a lot less. you just, and now obviously pandemic and stuff, but even before that though, you yeah. heard a lot less. Yeah. There was a, it. there was definitely a heyday through getting yeah. the, the, like the 20, 20,000th signature. Uh, that's sort of lost its luster. And I, I really think it's because they didn't really know what to do with themselves. Their whole goal was just um, educate and get people to sign the letter of intent. And then after that, it's up to everybody who to choose whether they're going to actually move here or not and do with it what they will. FSP isn't a political organization ever. It's not like the the only goal is, the, it's, it's a pledge. It's just, it's not even, uh, it's not even like a membership. Like you're not a member of the FSP. It's just a pledge I'm going to move to libertarian thing though. I mean, it's but libertarian is not political. It's philosophical. It's yeah, I'm right. going to move here and be nice to my neighbors and be right, industrious. Right, That's right, it. Right. But I mean, it has, I mean, there's not, not a lot of people from other parties signing that plate besides libertarian. I mean, let's just, you know, let's but it's not a party. No, no, no. So that people mistake this shit all the time. Cause it's cause it's the reality of the situation. It's not though. Libertari- how, many wait, wait, wait. how many people do you think are libertarians? That no, but that's, that's not it. It's, it's the definition between what a libertarian is and what libertarianism is. Libertarian as the political organization is not libertarianism. Libertarianism is a philosophical, it's a moral principle. It's the non-aggression principle. That's what libertarianism is. Right. But it has nothing the, to do with, with the, the political party. 10,000 yard view. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, people, it's yeah. like, right, well, I mean, this is, this is a libertarian movement. I mean, it's, it's, that's how most people feel about it. I think most, your average Joe says that about Yeah, that I guess movement. you got to need a, you need a name, but it's not, a, poli- okay. but it's not mean, a political it's, movement. It's a, it's a philosophical movement. Yeah. I mean, that's what every movement says. So. You know, every, every, no, every movement no, says, no. So. every movement says we're not political. We're philosophical. Every single movement says that. <sighs> No one I mean, ever says we're if you ask the movement. Republican Party, what is your moral center? They can't give you an answer. If you ask the if you ask a Democrat, what is your moral center? They can't really give an answer. If you ask if you ask someone, what is libertarianism? There's a moral center. It's it's a non-aggression principle. It's people who believe in that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm all over the place, but I, I, I mean, I can see a lot of the things you're saying. Are, so I'm not against what you say, but I just think that no one's ever going to say they're political. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's, not, how, it's not how the world works. No one's ever like we're a political movement. But I don't consider. But I don't consider. I don't. I don't consider my myself political though. Like I wouldn't say that I'm a political. Like I don't. I don't vote. I'm not into politics. That's not my thing. Right. Right. I'm into 
philosophy. I would say you're very political. So I, I would I would say you're, it's a weird it's a weird you stance. Very political. Uh, you have, you have some of the strongest political takes of the strongest know, philosophical takes of people you know. Which then ride they can ride in the same train. They're not mutually exclusive. I guess I see it differently. That's yes. all. Yeah. Uh, headline. We have one headline. One? one. I Should think, I have got one? No, I figure we, I, I want to give you as many as possible for having Naomi. Naomi is very news orientated and maybe she oh, might yeah. have some interesting. So I just want to kind of give you a- That's a good idea. Um, so I just, I just picked one here because it was a story that kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a wild story. So this happens September 17th and- That's like I, Sunday. I was going through a lot of- um Saturday. Saturday, yeah. yeah. Um, but the very end of the week, but uh, I was going through a lot of like, I said personal stuff. So I think I was kind of, and plus this is right around election time. Yeah. You know, between Trump and Hillary. So that was really overwhelming almost everything you heard from media. But this happened. I forgot about it. I don't remember this happening at all. Two bombs go off. One in New Jersey, one in New York City. Right. No one was hurt in the New Jersey bombing, which happened before a 5K that was then canceled. The other bomb went off in Chelsea, in New York City, the neighborhoods of Chelsea, uh, on West 23rd Street, injured 31 people. This accident, this bombing happened about a half block from where I used to grab a subway. Really? Um, I used to work in Chelsea. And um, there were two trains I could take. I could take an R train, which was an old beat up train um, that like the if you know how the old New York subways are, basically the seats are kind of like all over the place. There's no real place you can stand, but there's not a lot of open space. The seats mm. are kind of just all in crazy places uh, around the train. And there's the M train, um, which also left Queens from where I was during the work week. Um, the M train had seats on each side. So like benches on the left and benches on the right. And then a lot of space in the middle. Yeah. They were much better made. They're all, they're newer. So like, you know, it was just made for a nicer ride. It had, it was, I don't get me wrong. It was never great. I mean, it's, you know, it smells like shit and it's piss half a time. It's yeah. a fucking mess. It's subway, but it was a little bit more comfortable ride on the M than the R. Uh, so don't get me wrong. I wouldn't wait for an I would never, you would take whatever came first, but I could, but I knew the schedule of the train. So I used to always time it to take the M. Yeah. Um, and the M would bring you right to 23rd street, uh, during this obviously happened the weekend, but you get the idea. Like, and, and, um, so, uh, I was very familiar with this stop and like this neighborhood, this is where I used to go all the time. It's a half block from there. Uh, so, uh, survey surveillance video. ID uh, a man named Ahmad Rahimi. Uh, and then, uh, on September 19th, so two days later, police found him. Mm. There was a shootout. Rahami shot and injured two cops. Uh, and then Rahami himself was shot seven times, Jesus. including in the liver, and he survived. Wow. Uh, Rahami was found guilty in 2017, and in 2018 was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Uh, he was also a third bomb, I guess he had, he had uh, set up as well uh, between the 17th and 19th. Uh, he was from a town called Elizabeth, uh, New Jersey, uh, which I worked with someone from Elizabeth when I lived in New yeah. York. Um, and I guess he had some issues with the town politics, things like that. May have obviously had this, I'm sure his underlying mental illness stuff. He was not uh, like a part of this giant terrorist cell. He sounds like he was kind of a lone wolf really? situation. Um, so they, so they say, and uh, yeah, I guess, the, I guess the bomb, like it was like a toolbox and he put it outside of um, an apartment for the blind, which I didn't, I didn't, <sighs> I didn't know that's what it was. I, I don't know if I, you know, I walked by that place a million times, but I never, I, you know, it's New York. You just kind of walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I never knew it was there, but yeah, I mean, I've walked down that block, you know, a million times to the, uh, I, it's crazy about, I, I think I was just so in my own head at that point. I didn't know the story happened, but, um, but did he play, he placed both bombs that same day and just like, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I guess he placed one, like a trash can near 5k. Yeah. And that went off in the morning. And then this was around eight o'clock at night. So like, you know, eight o'clock at night on a Saturday, I probably wouldn't have been in this neighborhood. So sure. I, 
I, I wouldn't know. I'm not like, oh, I, I avoided that. It wasn't like that at all. But it was just like an area I'm pretty familiar with. It was just kind of like, whoa, why, would I, why didn't I care about the story more? I guess like I was just. Um, uh, but, but no deaths. No deaths, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Um, 31 people, though. And uh, the bomb explosion was so huge, it made a dumpster like fly in the air. Fuck. Yeah, like a nearby dumpster like went airborne. Pretty crazy. That is crazy. Um, That's crazy that no one died. Crazy no one died. Right near, and it's only half block in the subway, so a lot of people, I mean, I, you never know. A lot of people, like, I would take that subway a lot, although the M didn't run on the weekends, thankfully. That's mm. another thing that might help some people. The M, sorry, the M does run on the weekends, but it doesn't run through Queens. It has a different route. Sure. So it's much less... Um, less traffic, much less traffic on a weekend M train than on and a weekday a, M train. Did you say like a school for the blind or something? So maybe they. It was an apartment for the blind. So apartment like, for the blind. So they did live there. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh yeah, totally. So I mean, they You know, that area isn't quiet. Like it's still Manhattan. It's still yeah. Chelsea. There's still stuff going on. And like there's like you know it's right <sighs> near a subway. So you get off the subway. And then if you're trying to go west, you would easily just walk down that street to go wherever you're. I mean, I could have could have gone that <sighs> That's way. That's just luck that no one got killed. That's crazy. It's crazy. And then the two cops he shoots. I know. They don't die, and he doesn't die. That's cr- it's crazy, right? Um, but yeah, so that's it. But we're, we're, we have Naomi on. We're going to talk Snowden. Uh, we're going to talk... Uh, Naomi have a lot of news, so if you like that kind of stuff, definitely tune in uh, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, it might be a shorter episode. We gave you a little bit longer this one This today. is our longest episode ever. Probably. I think yeah. it is, according yeah. to that timestamp. Yeah, so um, we knew... Yeah, we, we, yeah, we knew. I'm guessing... Because no, no personal stories on Saturday, so... Yeah. Um, Hopefully, uh, come back on Saturday. We have uh, Naomi Brockwell. And then uh, uh, Sunday, we're back with Hell or High Water, um, yeah. which is an Oscar-nominated movie. And Adele, uh, right. That'll be fun. From, uh, from, so that, that's a pretty good Patreon show, I think. I think so. Cool. Anything else? That's all I got. See you guys on Saturday. Later.